Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me busy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life for attention. Hi, Gorgie. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, oh? <laughs> I've just said to Sarah, can we just start recording? Because I want to talk to you. Oh, like, my God. On record. No, it's not that bad. It's just fucking Nicola Sturgeon's making an announcement tomorrow. You're joking. <laughs> no. You're joking. No. 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 So for context, it's the 13th of December. Me and Michael's flying to Edinburgh on the 21st. Bearing in mind, this is cancelled from last year. No, 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 no. But what are the rules in Scotland at the minute? Do you know? No, do I fuck? I think it's like, I think that the main difference is that you have to isolate if you've come into contact with someone, which you still don't have to do here, uh, crazily. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, you definitely have to do Do you not have to do that with you? No, nah, no. Nah. What? <laughs> Isn't that mad? Daily testing now. Oh, my God. I've been told off um, about how much I swear on this podcast, so. By whom? Your mother? <clears throat> yes. Um, what the flip? <laughs> my dad said to me, <laughs> I didn't know you nearly sold drugs <laughs> hi dad if you're listening good old robin every now and then the other week when my mum was here she just kept going anal fisher <laughs> i was like all right packing him um yeah you have to isolate and you have to wear masks everywhere but we've we've got the masks thing now but you still mm-hmm. you, you just still don't have to isolate it's weird i think they should probably change that now after you've been <laughs> yeah anyway that's the sad thing the good thing is oh. what a, what a week we've had as podcasters oh my god we've, we've had our first fan mail Yes. From an international fan. Wait, did that happen this week? Well, since the last time we've recorded. Oh. And I've got this random email being like, oh, you're in the podcast charts. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. And then I looked (laughs) on the website and I mean, I've already cancelled the free trial because it's $5 a month, but you can have a look at all the podcast charts in categories. And at one point we were number 25 in books. Wait, hang on. I think I've joined the same one. I didn't know you had to pay. Well, you'll you'll probably be in a free trial so you can just cancel it. Okay. Chartable or something like that. Oh, you've obviously signed up to a different one because I'm getting because we'll share the email address mine's <laughs> called pod chart or something also if yours is free then great yeah I couldn't find us on it <laughs> But, but I, yeah. think it, I think that but, could be a US one. Yeah, we're not in the charts every day, <laughs> but we are sometimes. Um, but yeah, 25 in books, not bad. And at one point, we're number something like 84 in arts podcasts. Whoa, no I way. I think that's decent, that, you know. Yeah, definitely. And then we also got an, a message on Instagram saying um, that they wanted to sponsor us. And I got really excited and messaged them back. And it said, hello, reading. Thank <laughs> you for your... So, oh, it's a bot. <laughs> When I read that message, I was because they were like, "Are you? Do you want to continue with this thing?" And I was like, "What has Paul signed up for now?" <laughs> read it. And I was, like, oh, I was no, gonna no. delete it, and then I thought, "No, that's funny because you'll read it later." I was like, "Hello, we might be interested in partnering with you." I'm sure it was like an athleisure company for yeah. women. <laughs> And then I thought, I wonder if I need to do like some due diligence on, on them and see if they, I don't know, have sweatshops in Bangladesh or something. Oh, and um, then we can out them. Well, yeah, but then I thought we can't be sponsored by Just a really anyone. terrible company. But <laughs> luckily for us, it was a scam. So... <laughs> 
still waiting on that elusive first sponsor but I'm buzzing about the fan mail never don't even know this person we had some lovely banter back and forward via email it honestly when I got that email first of all I gagged because I was so excited and then (laughs) I honestly was planning my whole life I was like where am I gonna live because obviously I wouldn't be able to emigrate to America now but if you've got millions of pounds in the bank they'll just let anyone in so I was thinking I might Mm -hmm. have I want to live in New York but I might have a go at LA first yeah a bit of SoCal yeah no 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 what's the we need to do New York first all right and then retire in Southern California yeah I like the idea of retiring in Florida though oh yeah in all the old people are they're in like a it's like a home but it's also like a vacation have you seen the film Sisters yes you know what that's where their parents yeah (laughs) love that film now all I can think about is Nikki Sturge. There's something, what do they call her in Scotland? They call her something really funny. We Jimmy Cranky. That's what they call her. We Jimmy Cranky? <laughs> what yeah, does we, that mean? Just Google we, we Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> it's a puppet. What the fuck? It's some puppet. Oh, no, it's not. It's a person. Oh, God, that's awful. Oh, I recognise her. That's what they call Oh, because she looks a bit like a... (laughs) Oh, bless. The problem with Nicola Sturgeon is that she seems infinitely more sensible than Boris Johnson. Yeah, exactly. That's the annoying thing. And that's what's, yeah, that's what's freaking me out a bit. But, you know, we'll see. And even if I've decided, even if it's like everything's closed... But we can still go there. We'll just still go there. Oh my god, yeah, still come. We can still get yeah. to my flat. Exactly. And my flat. In my flat with wee Jimmy Cranky banging <laughs> on the door. <laughs> hey, right. What are we reading and what are we drinking? Okie dokie. This week uh we read the first non-fiction book of the podcast, which is The Transgender Issue An Argument for Justice by Sean Fay. Uh, The subject of the book is of trans liberation and explores the issues faced by trans and non-binary people in a structuralist, capitalist and predominantly white, cisgendered, heterosexual society. This book is not a memoir. And although some trans issues are framed through Faye's own experience of being a trans woman, she takes great care to explore the experiences of trans people from other class backgrounds, races, ages, employment statuses and so on. Uh, She covers, amongst other things, the UK housing crisis, police violence and incarceration, healthcare, unemployment, and numerous other systems and structures that impede trans liberation and even trans existence. Despite this, though, the book isn't entirely damning or discouraging or even ideological in its suggested solutions. Faye considers all the obstacles through a strict left-wing lens and offers radical yet still manageable and hopeful steps towards justice and liberation for trans people. And when I was thinking about the drink, um, before I'd read the book, I had a look on Stonewall, Stonewall UK's website and learned that the first recorded trans woman, Roberta Cowell, to undergo sex reassignment surgery um, and to have her ID and birth certificate changed happened in 1951. So then I looked at what popular drinks were about in the 50s and a martini. We've edited it, so it's a dirty martini. Um, Filthy was, dirty. A filthy dirty was the was the choice of drink, apparently. So that's what we're drinking. And, yeah. and it's your first martini, isn't it? Well, currently my second. Can you see how red my cheeks oh. are? <laughs> Sarah sent me a video of her taking her first sip, and it was like, you know, when a baby first tastes ice cream, and that eyes <laughs> light up. It was like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure at first, but now I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> it's a, it's a strange drink because I feel like I'm drinking soup almost. Yeah, I get what you mean, soup, but somehow, in some just inexplicable way, the pure alcohol cancels itself out or something. It like, disappears. What is it? Because it's, it basically is. And to be honest, I've been making them wrong. I, I just assumed that there was more vermouth. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? vermouth yeah, but- in it than than vodka or gin? But it's absolutely not. It's basically all vodka or gin and then just a little smidgen of vermouth and then obviously we have olive brine but it doesn't taste like you're just drinking a glass of vodka nah, which you it's are weird yeah it's dangerous i was watching this youtube because when i read how to make one i was like sure surely, surely that's wrong yeah and then i watched this youtube video of this man he was like okay so you want to have six ounces of vodka and i was like six ounce i don't even know what that conversion <laughs> rate is but Me it either. can't be good and uh like half an ounce of vermouth or he actually just swilled the vermouth around the glass and then yes i read that as well because that's an extra dry martini yeah which i might try for my next one because the vermouth does make it maybe more sweet i don't know um mm. but i can't believe it's it's there's some molecular uh, thing happening that is way above my yeah. capability of understanding and it just somehow tastes like i'm drinking quite a salty water yeah and why is that nice i think it's partly just because it's so f- sexy mm-hmm. so i've got me olive juice in and then you know what i've you know what i've threw in a little bit of hot sauce Ooh. <laughs> but it said tabasco right i've mm-hmm. got cholula Sriracha. no but well <laughs> Cholula, which I believe is just a rival brand. It's the oh, one with okay. the little wooden top. Do you know which one I mean? Tabasco has a wooden top, doesn't it? No, nope. yes, no, I do know which one you mean. Yeah, so I put some drops of that in and it sort of flaked around a bit. Um, but it tastes quite nice. And then I've put a little bit of lemon peel in because on all the picks, they seem to have lemon peel. Yeah. Um, and it's delicious. There are these ones that I looked at, the, the olives that you garnish it with. Uh, stuff Blue stuff cheese. With blue cheese. <gasps> that's, that's Vicky Gumbelson's drink on OC. Oh! Blue cheese stuffed olive dirty martini. Oh. When you, when you're here, we're gonna have to do that. Oh, 100 percent, especially if we're locked in fucking by widow twanky or whatever she's called. Widow <laughs> <laughs> twanky. that was good Um, something else has happened to us this week which I'm buzzing about what's that so my friend Stacey came with Jack our son and we had like proper touristy weekend it was really nice proper caught up you know what I mean and Mm. on the so I was off on the Friday met them in town no it was Thursday god Paul had so much time off Um, and had a Bloody Mary with lunch because this place where I went said it it was like the famous Bloody Mary and if you just say famous before anything obviously as an attention seeker I'm, I'm going for it and I tried that's why you like New York so much I just, yeah 100% um, everything there is like the world's the f- most famous cheesecake the best pizza in town well that's not New York accent <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> the best pizza in town um, <laughs> New York New York yeah so I tried Bloody Mary's in lockdown mm-hmm. I like to make them myself and I just didn't like them at all and I was like mm-hmm. oh no this can't be this can't be how my life goes everyone everyone goes although I do think it's a very attention seeking drink I think it's extremely mm-hmm. attention seeking when people have it when they're hungover Oh, I've actually, yeah. Well, I'm going to do it now. I'm buzzing. Um, <laughs> I've got a funny story. <laughs> Um, a few months ago I wasn't there Which is really annoying But we'd had this big party At my friend's house And then the next Like everyone was so hungover And the next morning He came downstairs And one of the party guests Who'd stayed over Was just drinking out Of a Lloyd Grossman tub Like a pasta sauce <laughs> Shut up I'm not that, kidding that I couldn't possibly horrible. tell you Yeah um, I don't know if they'd mix it with vodka But they, they, they used oh. Lloyd <laughs> Lloyd <laughs> 
Lloyd Grossman. But apparently Passat as the way forward rather than tomato juice, like actual Passat. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, yeah, oh my God. Um, I forgot when talking about this book, right? Yeah. So, so what did you think, Paul? I thought it was splendid. I thought it was really, really brilliant, accessible. Mm-hmm. There was something about a tone that was kind of, you trusted everything that she was saying, but just, but I, you could tell that she was, if, if there's such a thing as an expert in something like this, you could tell that she knew what the hell she was talking about, but didn't, yeah. it didn't come across in a condescending way. And it also, I can imagine, I don't know, I guess if, if you're a transphobe, then you're not going to enjoy this book, but she didn't, she made such a point of, of writing it in a way that was measured and, mm. you know, what's the word? Like level. Yeah, level-headed. Yeah. Kind of took, took the emotion out of it to the degree to which she could, because obviously it's a very emotionally charged issue mm-hmm. and was just a proper boss about the way that she wrote the book. That's what I've got a sense of. A hundred percent agree. That was going to be my biggest point was just the range of topics that she covers vary from absolutely awful and then some quite just stupid things that some like powerful people have said and she addresses all of them with this same leveled informed calm tone and even so I messaged you about this yesterday I don't really read non-fiction I just can't even though obviously there are some things that need to be read I just really really struggle mm-hmm. um, to get through books that aren't fiction and so I was probably only about halfway through the book by yesterday so I bought the audio book and had Sean Fay read it to me mm. um, and even reading it that her tone throughout was really just like there were a few moments when she she would read out like a quote from someone who said something just completely stupid. yeah ignorant and stupid and there was and maybe like a slight undertone of like mocking like can you fucking believe this idiot yeah uh, flipping idiot but even so just that like the way that all of them none of them were minimized none of it seemed too stupid to engage with and she just took down every single uh, especially the anecdotal stuff for people uh, criticisms and of hateful comments and stuff like that she just took them down in the most level and intelligent and informed way and i was like fuck yeah even if even if I wasn't already on side yeah she's the type of person that if you saw having an argument with someone else in a pub you just stand behind them and be like yeah the tone of it almost reminded me I remember this one time that a caller went on Good Morning Britain God knows why he put himself through that right. but he went on Good Morning Britain and usually those shows I mean in fact Sean Faye touches on it I'm sure she's been mm-hmm. asked to go on Good Morning Britain loads of times to to represent the trans view and it just literally be an argument and something that you watch on YouTube um and Sean's like, eh, no, I'm all right for that. Thank you. Um, but Akala went on and the way that he spoke to Piers Morgan about, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was definitely to do with racism and how um, mm-hmm. how the, st- the structural problems in the UK. I mean, obviously, but the way that he said it, even Piers Morgan was like, he couldn't say anything about it. You just can't argue back. That's it. Nah. do it. The way that she was like coming up against these opinions with obviously counter opinions, but what uh, rooted solidly in fact, mm-hmm. it was it was just so inarguable. You just I was like, how could anybody read this book and then mm-hmm. come and say, yeah, but do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and not feel like, well, I don't actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, I've yeah. sworn again. It's all right. I think our listenership is used to your your swearing, your potty Sorry, mouth. Mom. Yeah, she takes all of the venom and the vitriol and the passive aggression and the full on aggression out of it. Not that I feel like she should. 
should. I think people are completely within their rights, especially people who have lived experience of being mm-hmm. trans or non-binary and are experiencing all of this horrible hate. Mm-hmm. I, then, I, you know, I have absolutely no problem with people being angry about it, but she refuses. She refuses to let them get to her. That's what it, that's what it seems like in the book. And she says things like, this isn't a memoir. And I've actually read a couple of memoirs by trans people, which are brilliant and, you know, hard to read. And I'm imagining extremely hard to write. Sean Faye doesn't want to do that in this book. And, and also yep. she's got this incredible way of not giving credence to the other side. Mm-hmm. But because usually when you write, when you read books like these, or when you're talking about an issue like this, by very def- by very fact of talking about your side, you are amplifying the other side as well. Mm-hmm. Because it has to be a comparison. You have to acknowledge it, yeah. Yeah. And she somehow doesn't do that mm-hmm. and doesn't make it too moralistic or I don't know. That's that's what I took away from it. I really thought it was brilliantly done. And I'd imagine because again, like people say, How are we ever supposed to have these conversations if everybody's just so angry? And and, and I understand that point. I mean, yeah. like I say, I don't blame people for being angry and I get angry about LGBTQ stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's just so measured. I wonder how much mm. the editor had to do with that. I wonder if <laughs> Well, like, she does say gone. in the in the acknowledgements <laughs> yeah that, yeah she had been like the editor had maybe helped sort of measure her tone a little bit but yeah she also I follow her on Instagram and she does uh, ask me anything stuff and mm-hmm. she's so funny she those. is really funny <laughs> um, but also said is there anything that you wish you'd included that you didn't and she says well probably I would have well she said I don't talk about race enough necessarily like maybe but I don't think I'm the best person to be talking about it and then what else she she say she said the in- trans inclusion in sport because that's obviously another huge thing and she said very recently yeah yeah and she said I just I'm just not that interested in that she said I'm not yeah. that interested in it it's it really affects quite an elite group of people not necessarily financially elite but it, it affects a, a very but, small percentage of people and I'm just not that interested and I'm sure other people have got better things to say on that than me I was like yes great answer because I feel like when they get people with lived experience of being trans or non-binary on TV they expect them to be able to answer every question about all of it and have to have a fully formed opinion and sometimes it's like oh, actually I don't, I don't really care about that well that's what she says in the book isn't it about how it's it is almost inherently political being trans because mm. you're then suddenly a spokesperson for the entire community you have to be an expert on every community? yeah that she's just like well, we're just not and it's also insinuating that that means that everybody has the same views mm-hmm. I, I felt very educated through this book I felt like she taught she taught me a lot of stuff I'm not the most politically engaged person oh partly politics I'm not very engaged with partly just because I find it so foreign Mm -hmm. Um, but she talked about how Theresa May um, tried to change the Equality Act or proposed that they change the Equality Act to include gender identity which is something that lots of people including me think is a good move that happens in other places and outwardly you'd think um, that's a really good thing but Sean Fay was saying yeah outwardly that's a really good thing but actually in theory changing the Equality Act to include gender identity doesn't really cost much Mm -hmm. So actually, it's a way for the Tory government to seem as if they are, you know, being more inclusive or being more liberal, socially liberal, whilst not actually having to pay much or put anyone in charge of that or change the infrastructure of society. Or mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, God, I'm, I'm just so bad at just believing everything at face value and not interrogating stuff because I don't feel necessarily clever enough politically to, to do it. Yeah. And she was like, I know that's a really cynical thing to say. But then I'm like, yeah, of course it's true. Theresa May voted against gay marriage most of her career. Like, mm-hmm. why would she suddenly care? 
care about about self-identifying trans people and then of course as soon as the snap election happened that was just gone that never yeah. you know and and now it's a shame really that it didn't go through because now it's probably even further away from going through because there's these factions of anti-trans people who are really becoming popular and it's like almost it feels like it's becoming populist but I still mm-hmm. hold hope that it does it's not and it's actually just people being quite loud about it yeah and most people that's... aren't but I don't know if I'm being over oh, um God, optimistic I optimistic I don't think so hopefully not anyway um this myth of progress this myth that we're always going forwards and that yep. we're always going to become more liberal and it's just not true and it I think it's it's disguised by British culture and British heritage very well we act as if we're the the leading country on most if not all stuff particularly yep. social stuff oh my but God, in yeah, fact we caused it around the world yes yeah and we're so far behind on trans rights than so many European countries and probably outside of Europe as well and I guess it to me it doesn't feel like we're going forwards on trans rights it's certainly not at the speed that we should be mm-hmm. which I find really scary and also the point that she makes about uh, like you say about this progression and about how at the end people are saying you know well 20 years ago it was the same for gay people and now look at now look at the rights that gay people have blah blah blah, blah. and she said well the homophobes that existed 20 years ago still exist today it's not this progression it's just probably a much more insidious mm-hmm. concealment of what was otherwise once just quite openly stated opinion well yeah I think that's the thing is that I mean policies don't change in my opinion policies don't change behavior it's the other way around like people there needs to be the activism and all of the the work done by regular people for policies Mm -hmm. to change and then when policies do finally change obviously it mandates a lot of good things and in some cases it means that it tips the balance for you can no longer be outwardly homophobic. So yeah, yes. you're right. And she's, I mean, I'm guessing some people who have, who are really homophobic and then have kids and they're gay and they grow up and maybe change their minds a little bit. But I'd say, yeah, I'm sure the majority of people still have those deeply held views, but they just mm-hmm. can't say them anymore because it's not yeah. culturally and socially acceptable in some places. Yeah. And we're not there yet without, with, with trans rights, clearly, because people but are... Public- yeah, but I mean, it's it's so vocal. Mm-hmm. It's on every, you know, the most watched news channels in the country. It's the, There was a news story about um, a dance school. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, um, Amber shared it. So, and it's her dance school, like named after her. And she's a very esteemed, ba- not ballet, was it ballet? Yeah, Saddle as well. I don't know, dance school. And in the story, obviously the BBC has to be impartial to varying degrees of success, mm-hmm. I would say. And also, do they, what does impartiality mean? Anyway, it didn't particularly seem like they were on the victims of this woman's, you know, horrible words side. No. Um, she was like, oh, all I did was invite loads of people over for dinner and just talk about how dangerous I thought. Oh, I, I don't want to like misquote her, but basically saying to a load of trans non-binary people's faces, I'm a huge transphobe in one, in one way yeah. or another. And it's like, oh, now I have to leave my own company. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> Yes, you do. do. Can't get mortal around the dinner table and insult (laughs) everybody. Spouting hate. Yeah. Yeah. It's people are so open about it. And there's pseudo academic papers being published on it. And oh Mm -hmm. um what I was gonna say when I was thinking about 
this book and how I was going to try and discuss it especially somebody I don't have like a huge field of reference for non-fiction books and I was actually in a bookshop the other day attention seeking and I was chatting to the sales assistant and she was talking to me about how she thinks that fiction is one of the greatest tools for learning because it aids with empathy she was like it's all well and good reading like a history book but then if you read even if it's a fictionalized account of a person experiencing some part of history then obviously it invokes feelings of empathy and stuff like that and it's deep i know i was like whoa um and I was thinking about this book and how I think even though it it stays quite firmly away from like trauma porn and yeah. really grotesque and gruesome retellings of the horrific things that trans people experience in the UK mm-hmm. and worldwide I mean obviously because it is so common and s- such a horrifying part of being trans unfortunately in this society there are references to it but there's never any kind of like extreme um like indulgence in it but still there's this the way that it's structured is so um because she does do these like almost not case studies but like interviews with trans people and I think it was really clever and I think it was probably a conscious decision because she seems like an absolute genius that at the very beginning of the book you get this well you get this sort of retelling of an interview that she did with a pet two parents of a trans child and how before this child was even really like vocal was expressing the fact that they were trans like before they could yeah before they could even speak before the parents had even considered that as a possibility and then the second that they were vocal they were talking about being you know being upset about the fact that they were being referred to as a certain set of pronouns and not um the other um, and then she goes on to discuss all of the other horrific and so so to finish that point you just there's no doubt in your mind that this child is trans and it's not like some made-up conceptual uh like liberal loony leftist thing that a lot of the media likes to pay like some kind of indoctrination on the parents behalf and um attention seeking behavior or whatever that it's this legitimate thing and and it's not it's not ever a choice and then every other sort of anecdote that is then told is almost framed through that child yeah. and so even if you read it as a transphobe or as somebody that like has previously been ignorant to any of this kind of information you could not help but apply those same like all of the murders and the abuse and and just yeah. the general daily hate you couldn't then not apply it to Alex the three-year-old trans girl at the beginning of the book and it was just like I thought that was in terms of because it's I don't want to say storytelling because it's not a story she isn't telling a story and it's really important that it's not I'm not trying to fictionalize it but in terms of how I suppose it's made more accessible it's a good counterpoint to the way that trans people are often referred to or pathologized or demonized in these stories it's always they're always framed as perpetrators in some yeah. way or another and then never humanized and mm-hmm. it's it's often the quote-unquote victims non-existent vi- mythological victims almost that are humanized and as soon that's as such you... a good point the mythological victims because there is yeah. this, this sort of this opposition that's set up between a trans person and then the people that they have caused harm to but who are these people yeah and i'm they sure you know i'm sure they exist in numbers similar to how people usually exist sean fair talks about 
about um, mm. a terrible trans who happens to be a trans woman is also a, sec- a sexual predator and a paedophile. And, and they're surprised when in prison somebody is sexually assaulted. When is the next day a prison officer assaulted a female prisoner in that prison? And nothing mm-hmm. was said about that. It was, you know, they're choosing their narratives. And yeah. as soon as you humanize people, it becomes difficult to hate them or to be against them. I've, I went to trans at London Trans Plus Pride mm-hmm. in June. It was just like a march across London. So basically we invited anyone from the business that I work for. And then a colleague came who I'd never met and brought their daughter. And it was, as far as I'm aware, they haven't, you know, one of their first public outings as the person that they are. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, who's fucking scared of you? Yeah. What like, damage are you doing? What damage are you doing? The yeah. amount of courage that it's taken you to come out as a teenager to a mm-hmm. trans pride in London and one of the biggest cities in the world where who knows what's going to happen who luckily nothing did it was fucking mint day I got more but <laughs> it, it could have happened because because these mm-hmm. people have come and stood at the front of pride marches pride. before and that's talked about in this book and I thought who who's who's scared of you oh what's, don't I'm gonna cry what's... I know I know but fucking horrible yeah I'm, I'm to be honest I've actually I feel almost guilty saying this but I've, I downloaded a book by I'm not even going to mention it by name but it's because it, this isn't the only book that's come out about this issue this mm. year in fact there have been several and unfortunately a lot of them are not what we're seeing right now and I downloaded one of them because I thought I'm gonna read it mm-hmm. and I just haven't been able to and I don't know if, I don't know if I will because part of it is like I want to be fully clued up on everything but I feel like I am I've heard their arguments time and time again I've yeah. really heard I've really listened I've really researched and I yeah. just it just it's just not going into my head I don't understand I don't understand the argument with the counter argument I, I kind of understand it from a on some sort of level on a very basic level I guess I, I can understand I can piece piece the things together that they're doing I don't understand yes. how they've got yeah. like I, it, oh, I don't even know how to say it it's like I, I kind of get what you mean but, but if you just think sh- about that for one more second yeah if you just if you just really thought about it especially especially the um anti-trans rhetoric in the queer community that's the thing well this is the other point i was god this is bleak by the way everyone this book is fucking mint you should read it it's 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 not so good it's it's moving and but it's real and it's yeah and it's educational and it's easy read it's not it's not really sad i've just got myself sad thinking about shit and yeah me too i'm really (laughs) no it's fine it's ve- it's a very hopeful book as well. It is, it is. It totally no is. We're not doing it justice at all. What I was going to say, though, last my last really negative point is <laughs> the thing that scares me the most about this issue is that it's it's bipartisan. It's not it's not coming from the right exclusively. In fact, no, a huge not. portion of it is coming from the left, and that's what freaks me out because usually I don't know. Well, maybe is this true? Social issues are usually partisan. Like you're either on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is very much it's galvanizing people on both sides. And yeah. she also said something brilliant about progressive, quote unquote, progressive policies being co opted by. people people in order to gain the votes of a new audience so like we've just said whether you like it or not gay people are here to stay and Mm -hmm. (laughs) gay people have now got similar rights not not exactly the same but similar rights to heterosexual people and so they can it means, vote. And they can vote. And they're, they're covered in the discrim- in the Equality Act. Mm-hmm. So really, bigots have lost that battle. Yeah. Let's hope. But it means that bigots who know that, like, as you say, within the LGBTQ plus community, there's a lot of transphobia. They can appeal to yep. other parts to of the community, even if they're on the left, yep. and say, oh, no, we we think this. And don't you think this? And t- try and get new. And it's pure pure cynicism. It's I don't mm-hmm. believe that um, the, gay they people. They don't care either way. Either no, way. No. So that's another thing that makes it even 
even more pernicious is is because then where do you attack if it's coming from both sides? But mm-hmm. but then the hopeful note I feel is that I, I really believe it's extremely generational. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like old white people have their voices heard more in the media. I don't know, but I'm not getting a lot of it from people my age. No. I hope. I don't think I don't think Gen Zers will be very on board with it either. I hope not. No, I think it's I think we just need to keep fighting the fight. Mm-hmm. Reading books like this. Yeah. Given Sean Fair platform. The problem is, hope she gets like a platform that she actually wants and not just being asked to go on Good Morning Britain all the time. Uh, she doesn't go on those kind of platforms, she says, because it's about almost just arguing for the existence of trans people. There are no yeah. actual issues being debated or talked about or any kind of policy change or anything like that. It's just, I'm a trans person and I exist. We do exist. Yeah. Can we move on now? But people like Piers Morgan cannot, well, just cannot get their head around that. And another thing, something that I was going to talk about at the beginning when I spoke about the drink and I forgot was that I've said this drink because on the Stonewall website there was the Roberta Cowell first sex reassignment surgery history sort of cornerstone for on that timeline but then there was this point that she made and I think it probably just highlighted something that I had taken well without even ever really considering before which is this not obsession but it's almost this transactional thing that trans people feel feel as though they have to enter into when coming out as trans of disclosing the more like anatomical side of their oh trans- yeah yeah just an obsession and, with an obsession genitalia. Like, yeah cis people they're like all right I will accept if, that you're trans if you tell me every little detail about yeah. what surgery you're gonna have done blah, blah 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 and I think I fell into that trap a little bit by suggesting this drink but the, and and she doesn't she makes a point in this book of not not what am I trying to say Paul I know exactly what you're saying yeah she doesn't fall into that trap and she makes a point about how reductive and you know mm-hmm. invasive those questions are and there's a brilliant interview with Laverne Cox on Katie Couric um where she Katie Couric asks a trans model about that and Laverne Cox really shuts her down oh, in the yeah. most amazing way and speaking of disclosure there's a film on Netflix called Disclosure which is a documentary about trans representation in film and TV which is what I did my dissertation on so I was just obsessed it's absolutely brilliant and it really touches on all of these points um, mm-hmm. and yeah obsession with imagine if I just went up to someone and was like what, what does your fanny look like? Yeah can you just tell me? How big's what? your fanny? Yeah I guess I guess it's this I, I suppose the whole point of this book and that especially it's like really concisely and beautifully summarised in the last few pages is that regardless of what side of the argument you're on if you aren't trans there seems to be this approach to it that's binary it's either yeah um there's only two ways about it but then most of the time those two ways are still bad like there's the way that it when she was talking about how um trans women are often seen as predators that are appropriating femininity and then trans men are just confused mentally unwell people that need to be um looked after or or like have their choices fully understood and all this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. but it's but it's like no that's not that's still you're still trying to categorize an individual experience even if one seems less violent and more well-intentioned than the other and that's what I seem to get out of this whole book is that it seems that there are just there's always like a flip side but neither really good and that's what I guess I was trying to get at with the whole transactional element of like a trans person saying yeah I'm trans then a cis person saying all right tell us about your family then yeah and then in the last especially the last few pages but I suppose that the recurrent theme of the book is like trans people are individual 
and have round like extremely well-rounded full experiences the exact same as every single other person and it seems and that is just like the most basic sort of (laughs) understanding but people cannot apply that on apply it people yeah and uh, to be honest I think the reason that trans men are barely talked about and I think Sean Fair talks about it is because it kind of just disproves the whole argument it doesn't exactly (laughs) it goes against the narrative it doesn't save their arguments and they just have to ignore it they're like oh trans women just want to rape women and then it's like well what about trans men what do they want to do and they're like "Mm, they're just lesbians yeah they're just lesbians who don't know how to fully express that fact oh my god right I feel like we've given too much time talking about the bad stuff but this is a brilliant book it's urgent it's radical Mm -hmm. it offers solutions it's really really worth worth reading so well done Sean um who I saw by the way outside of my work (gasps) oh did you yeah and I I was like oh it's Sean and I had the signed copy of her book in my bag and I thought I'm gonna sign it again I just was too scared I was stalking her Instagram earlier yeah, and I she's think she's just really fucking funny, isn't she? I know she is really, really funny. Um, yeah, I think she was doing a talk, um, which I wish I'd been able to go to. So yeah, brilliant, loves it. Mm. Right, let's you. be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped uh, drinking for twenty minutes. Then look at how much whoa. of a drink I've got left. Jesus. Um, so Sarah, what do you think about Bozza's crimbo parties? <laughs> <laughs> where was my fucking invite i know i would have gone i mean it's obviously infuriating uh what an idiot but then it's just like if this is what gets the tories voted out we are i mean i know we're a mess of a nation but that like even prior to the pandemic austerity all of these fucking cuts that have been made by tory governments i mean people die in their droves before a killer virus came about and still year on year well five years on five years they get voted back in and then they throw a little illegal party and everyone's like get kick them out well we're a fucking joke aren't we i don't i'd be surprised if it it's probably if it make them more popular yeah yeah there'll be loads of um well i mean and i can say this because i am working class there'll be loads of working class people around the country going oh god on him god on him would yeah. you have done that if you were there last year shut up man god i know it's yes and that's not funny but you've got to laugh you've got to bloody laugh all that, the memes that again the memes have the come memes through are sensational and that fucking allegra stratton crying on her doorstep oh my god <laughs> I mean, there's there's been some classic moments in this pandemic. I mean, between uh, that and Hancock crying on Good Morning Britain because he's so proud evil, of himself. The, yeah. <laughs> Not a tear in sight. What oh, was God, that? That was the most awkward things I've ever seen. The little rock. The, the, was that the, when the vaccine had it was the, yeah, it was, um, been found? <laughs> it was mine. Under a, under a rock. <laughs> it was like, oh, here it is. <laughs> there were some fairies keeping it in a mushroom cave. <laughs> Yeah, it was when it was DJ or whatever they called it. And it was actually exactly a year ago. And what's hilarious as well is all of the Tories are in hiding at the minute. And who have they brought back out to do all of their public speaking now? Fucking Hancock. He's everywhere. He was on Good Morning Britain again. I was like, have you got no shame? Have you said that he's gonna run he's put his name in the hat for prime minister if, oh he'll um, be it he will be it babe yeah because it he just will. seemed to just get worse and worse doesn't it if he, yeah they always pop up as some something else oh jesus christ and he's any he, and he was seen in public with his 
bit stuff. Yeah, he was really... having an affair months, mere months ago. I know, but I just thought that was like a little bit of a rough and tumble in Parliament. I didn't know they were having a love affair. When he clasped his hand on her batok. Stop it. It <laughs> was just revolted. <laughs> Okay, if you had to have any politician, mm. UK politician mm. from any time in history, clasp your batok really hard, who would it be? I know mine. Oh, I just our Lord and Saviour, JC. Jesus. Jeremy Corbyn. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh God, she's misunderstood the question. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would be uh, David Miliband. Oh yeah, he yeah. I'm he sure he's it was South Shields as well. By the way, I'm just doing this purely on looks. I don't know about his policies. I don't understand politics, but <laughs> he is a little bit of a dish. DVM, let's have a look. Oh yeah, yeah. Because everyone was like, "Why is Ed running? It should be him." <laughs> Ed looks like a banana. Oh, Ed looks like a Wallace and Gromit character. He does. Right, yeah, Jeremy. It's still going to be Jeremy Corbyn because mm. I feel like he'd ask for my permission first. <laughs> If you're lucky. <laughs> oh, you graduated? Yes, I graduated. Oh, how was that? Doctor? Doctor Hop? Doctor? Well, yeah, because he did science. So I just think everyone who does science is doctor. Sarah Hopkins, MSc. Must... My friend Rahani says we give out too many personal details on this podcast. Oh, really? Like I frequently mention where I live and that I live alone. <laughs> um... <laughs> the postcode. Yeah. <laughs> um, what three words? Wherever I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I graduated. It was very nice. I was hammered before it even begun. And yeah, that was about it. You get attention. Not as much as I wanted. And also we had to sit with a seat in between all of us. And I um, forgot, left my phone, which was really not like me. Um, but I just God, didn't no. have my phone. So then I just had to like look around. So I was quite bored. And then because I wasn't, I was bored. I wasn't paying any attention to what was actually happening. And then it's a thing in Edinburgh. You don't wear a hat. You just walk across the stage and you get hit on <laughs> On the head with a hat which I really wasn't expecting this man to do because I hadn't I hadn't been watching anyone else come up oh will you please put that video on Instagram <laughs> yeah I got sent this video of me a few days later you can just see that I have no fucking clue what's happening um you just get bopped on the head with a hat and then you just put a little thumbs up <laughs> why did I do that thumbs up because well, I was pissed yeah. Mom, me and my mum have this thing where we just flip the middle finger up at each other every time one like if I happen to see that my mum's looking at me I just flip of the bird is that what it's called yeah and then there was this bit at the end of the graduation when they were like give a round of applause to your tutors or whatever so we had to do this big round of applause to our tutors give a round of applause to ourselves and then give a round of applause to the people that had like supported us through it i.e the people that were there watching so I like turned around and was giving my mum this round of applause and then flipped to the bird and she burst into tears and I was like oh taken it too far and then afterwards I was like I'm really really sorry she's like that was the proudest moment of my life (gasps) how how low are the expectations when she's getting flipped off by her daughter yeah everyone else was waving and clapping and you were just brandishing your middle finger at me from down below so good you looked so fit thank you thank you thank you Right. So, well, first of all, I just need to talk about this fan mail that we got. Yes. Tell me. Oh, we got a bloody well book recommendation. Finally. Mm -hmm. I'm glad because sometimes uh, I've been tempted to just lie and and say make up fake emails and stuff. But now it feels like just even better that I didn't. So this is going to be the first book of 2022. So the international fans said, oh no, that was my response. My response was, wow, wow, wow. (laughs) 
Do you think she's unfollowed us after that? Props. Um, please consider reading Absorbed by Kylie Whitehead. She literally absorbs her boyfriend for attention and gives off major ki- main character vibes, both of which are right up your street. Sorry, that person. Oh, true. How do they know us so well already? You can see right through her. Uh, so <laughs> absolutely, we will. We will consider. You know what? Consider it considered. We're fucking doing it 2022. Um, <laughs> so that's the first one. We'll just give you a little update on the rest of the year. So this is coming out on the 17th. And then we've got our Christmas Eve episode, which we'll talk about. And then we're going to give you a little bony, bony, bony bonus episode for New Year's Eve, where we don't even have to talk about a book. We just talk about talk ourselves. About us. Yeah. But a New Year themed one, I think. Yeah. We're spending New Year together, actually. Um, but, right, Sarah, just briefly to talk about Sarah's already finished next week's book. <laughs> I, felt, I feel really ashamed. I felt, like, embarrassed at how quickly I read it. Read it today, everyone. So what we're going to be reading, or well, Sarah's already read it, is Santa Daddy by <laughs> that was Mingan actually Santa Daddy by Kira Andrews Kira Andrews is turns out a prolific gay erotica writer and she does a Christmas book every year this is actually 2018 which goes against our thing of doing recent books she's actually is it? Re- yeah she's released one this year well we um, should read that because I'll get through know, it in half an hour I, yeah exactly but I also thought that um, we, uh, she can just be our Christmas author oh yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah every okay. year we'll just when she releases our new Christmas book so let's see what this one's called she's got a website she's not paying me to tell you this by the way only one bed hang on how many beds do most people have um so that that might be next year but she does everything she's like paranormal books there's one with like she? A, yeah there's one called wed to the barbarian which has got like a big like <gasps> sort of hercules man on the front and the other one sort of oh. looks like he's suckling his neck and then we've got kiss and cry which has olympic rings on the front honestly i am buzzing and i've started reading it as well it's fucking great it's so good instant um, classic get it in the canon yeah so we're gonna read that and talk about that for christmas eve while you're all sitting with your grandma we're gonna be talking about some gay porn yeah um, link it up to your alexa i've just remembered something that my friend anna once did she 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 linked a boyfriend's alexa to her <gasps> text i don't know how she did it but she could like text the alexa <laughs> alexa's talking to us <laughs> Shut nothing, up, Alexa. Nothing, babe. And she was like sending ridiculous. That's not that funny, but she was sending like ridiculous messages that were being read out to him while he was sitting <laughs> with his mom and dad. It was like, how's your butt plug getting on? I don't know. Um, yeah, so we're going to be reading that. And I just thought, instead of, I can't be asked to think of anything. My favorite Christmas drink is a mulled wine. Yeah, go. Cool. But I just want to sit with a steaming hot cup of mulled wine and a semi on. <laughs> 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 that really took me by surprise. Ah. Oh God, you, you, your face! All the colour drained from your face. <laughs> now I'm flushing. Hello, flushing bright red, which Hunter, one of the protagonists of this book, does quite often. Of course, he's called Hunter. Yeah. Um. To, to be honest, I'm now thirty-seven percent of the way through, and I've still not seen a penis. So it better be coming soon. Now, oh, it, when it starts coming, it doesn't stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah but to be honest I I appreciate the setup it's been a long build-up of sexual tension already I mean he's bloody well crashed his car into the snow he's he's had to walk to the big burly man's house and now he's getting um, in the woods yeah he's getting warmed up by Santa Daddy (laughs) you're you're literally sentences away oh and he's and he's he couldn't help but look at his deliciously lickable nipples I think (laughs) 
so good so good <laughs> whole new what world I like and what i want you to consider when you fin- where you're finishing it is just the inclusions of some like quite political statements throughout <laughs> like Back quite there. quite radical ones quite ones that like i agree with but just yeah really out of place. fully invested fully write, fully fully i'm gonna write a, an erotica book i've decided you definitely should i'm really considering it as well i wonder how much money she makes hopefully loads yeah i think quite a lot <laughs> good i don't know why i think that well because because it's just quality stuff in it sex sells baby oh yeah um okay so oh. next week santa daddy Stephen hawk of a mulled wine christmas oh, eve and hopefully you here yeah well we're going to be recording actually we'll, we'll update is because we'll be recording this on sunday so we'll know by then oh god i know but it's gonna be fine at least we'll have gay porn to keep us warm <laughs> um Thanks for listening, everyone. Get us back in the charts because that was well exciting. And please email us. I'll respond to, I'll drop everything in my life to respond to all of your emails. Like I've never, <laughs> ever been. That was the most exciting moment of 2021. Um, and like even more than my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at reading for attention. And yeah, email reading for attention at gmail.com. Um, see you next week for a smutty, smutty cabin in the woods, sugar, daddy, older, salt and pepper, hard pecs, red nips, big lips, big ass, and a Santa costume. Sure. <laughs> Special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye bye. Love you. Bye 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 bye.